one, two. Where my people's at? Yeah. I'll wait for the beat to drop. Now, bring it up just a little bit. One, two. Yeah. It's that next level. Woo! Yeah. Uh. Check one, two. Let me get it. Yeah. This generation lost, don't know they got. Church been sleeping, even on their job. Too worried about their building funds, fakey fives. They stuck in the past like an old iPod. It's a new generation, time for an awaken. Brand new revelation, I know you've been waiting. CD touchdown, the earth starts shaking. Oh, you feel that now? Demons, they tremble when they see me round. They know heaven got me, they hear the angel sound. It's a war cry, I want victory now. We not waiting, no, we gon' take it. Enemy wearing my blessings, leaving but naked. That's right, I said it, yeah, got all the credit. No difference, respect the cross, you leave me headed. They done lost their mind, talking out of line. Uh, give respect where respect due. Respect God, boy, yeah, he made you. One breath, he gon' break you. That's what the church call a breakthrough. One, two. Yeah, you know, that's that real breakthrough. I'm just messing with y'all. So be it. I want you to turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. Glory. We will start at the first verse and read down to the twelfth. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were now on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their hearts melted. Neither was there any spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were all males, even all the men of war died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom 
the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto the fathers that he would give us, a land that flows with milk and honey. And their children, whom he raised up in their stead, then Joshua was circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done all the circumcising of the people that they abode in their places in the camp until they were whole. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at evening in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the self-same day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Cana that year God wants me to speak to you this morning from the subject from the declaration saying the subject you got to get it in your spirit this is your that year I'm in the wrong building this might be the only uh, somebody and I need to see a hand on Zoom if, if I'm talking to you. This is your that year. All right, I, I think I see Deshauna got it. I, I see it. Let me try it again in the house because this is, look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, this is your fruit season. All right, all right. You, you can be seated. This is your fruit season. This year will be the year that we, Next Level Ministries, can't come on, that we are going to be fruit-focused. John 15, verse 8 says, This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Somebody say, I'm a disciple. That means God wants you to bear much fruit. But in order to be fruitful, we have to be willing to till the ground and dig up rocks and weeds that make the ground fertile for the seed to grow. Last year, you should have been preparing for this year. Uh-oh. Last year was the time to be breaking up the fallow ground and preparing it for the seed. But if you didn't, don't worry. Somebody say, don't worry. It's never too late to start as long as you have breath. <laughs> the problem is that everybody wants to be fruitful, but not everyone is willing to do what's necessary for that fruitfulness to manifest in their lives. God has promised to make us fruitful and our land fruitful if we follow him. If we follow him, people, there is a land that flows with milk and honey 
a promised land, a Cana, that we should want to possess. Tell your neighbor, I want mine. I don't know about you, but I want my, I didn't go through all the hell that I went through last year, all the sowing that I did last year, all the breaking up that I did last year for me not to get mine. You may not want yours, but I want my inheritance. The book of Joshua is one of my, if not my favorite Old Testament book. This is the book that I studied for great lengths, great detail when I was in Teen Challenge. When I was, this was the, the book that God had led me to, to hear the calling to preach. The book of Joshua. It is a story of transition, of leadership. It is a story of war. And it is a story of the possession of a promise. In chapter 1, we see them entering the land of Cana. Chapter 1, we see the commission of God to Joshua. We see the command of Joshua to the people. In chapter 2, we see the canvassing of Jericho, Rahab, and the spies. Chapter 3, we see them crossing the Jordan River. Chapter 4, we see the commemoration of the crossing of the Jordan River. And now we have reached chapter five, the circumcision of the people. I may go back later and deal with this whole book, but right now God wants me to deal with chapter five. Somebody say, come on and talk to me. It was hard because Moses was a great leader. Moses was all they knew. Moses was their deliverer. They had been in captivity for over 400 years and they were praying and waiting for God to raise up a deliverer from among them. And here is Moses, but now Moses is dead. Moses is dead and Joshua, and if you study, you would notice, because a lot of people don't really know this, but you got to go back and you got to look at Exodus and you got to look at that wandering, but a lot of people don't know. Well, while Moses was on top of the mountain getting direction, the commandments from God, and Aaron was down at the bottom uh, delegating an orgy. Joshua was at the hill of the mountain waiting on Moses. Joshua was not down at the bottom of the mountain because Joshua was the soldier of Moses. He was his, he was his lieutenant. So when it came to everything, he was willing to be separated and stand in his position. And that's why when God had Moses lay his hand on Joshua, they knew that he was going to be next in line. Y'all better help me. I'm preaching already. And so now Moses is dead and Joshua has had to bring them out. And he, we read chapter one. He commanded him, be strong and of good courage. I'll be with you. And he told him, I'm breaking it down for you. Narrative, read the book. Ain't got too long. You got to read. So he told him, he said, listen, the people told him, God, hey, listen, Joshua, as long as God is with you, like he was with Moses, we will follow you. And anybody that does not, Anybody that doesn't listen, they, they didn't say we're going to excommunicate him from the church. Didn't say we ain't going to, they said, anybody that does not follow you, we will kill them.
I love that because it tells me as a pastor, I don't got to worry about trying to pull everybody. Ooh, but I need some people that's willing to kill. <laughs> they understood. Here's the thing, people. They were slaves for 400 years. They had seen God move in Moses' behalf. And here's Joshua, the new leader. They knew what they were coming into. Y'all better help me. And they said, I'm not going to waste time with people that don't want to listen. So let's go to work. Here we go. I'm just going to give you a few things, give you what God said. He said, and it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites were on the side of the Jordan westward, the kings of the Canaanites, they were, uh, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until they passed over. Their hearts melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Let's understand what's happening here, people. The children have, of Israel have just crossed the Jordan River in the same way that Moses crossed the Red Sea. Ooh, so I'm sure that they all knew the story well. You know, they, they all were singing how Pharaoh's army drowned in the sea. Come on, come on, help me. You know, they was holding on to that. Do, do you remember the, st the stories that would have to be going on in the wilderness? That they would tell their children that, oh, we don't got to worry about it. God delivered us from Pharaoh's hand and drowned the army in the sea. Y'all not going to help me up in here. And I'm pretty sure that the enemies of Israel heard and knew the story too. So here it is. They said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. These are the same people that their God drowned the other army. I don't want no parts of that. <laughs> so, so now the enemies are terrified. They're in their promise, but they're so scared they run and flee to Jericho. See, it's a wonderful thing when we can recall the hand of God moving on our behalf. But it's even better when your enemies know to. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. That, 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 see, you keep running from enemies when your enemy is running from you. See, your enemy knows more about what God has done in your life than you know about what God has done in your life. Y'all better help me up in here. Somebody say, I'm not scared. Now watch this. This would be a perfect time to strike. It's a perfect time to strike when your enemy's scared. But though this would be a physical war, at some point, they would have to understand that it would have to be won by a spiritual weapons and strategy. Yes. Woo! I want you to understand this, that Joshua is the Old Testament version of Ephesians. When you read Joshua, read Ephesians with it. Ephesians is the, the, the New Testament Joshua because the Old Testament Joshua is a representation of a physical war that had to take place for them to gain their promise. Ephesians tells us that we already have an inheritance and that it won't be won by physical means because the battle is a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Woo! But here's the, here's the issue that I want to drive. 
The enemy knows more about you than you believe about you. The enemy knows more about you than you believe about you. The fact is, the enemy is already under your feet. The Bible says that the enemy walks around like a roaring lion. Somebody say like, which means he's not a lion. He walks like a lion. Now, why are you afraid of something that walks like a lion when you represent the lion of the tribe of Judah? See, I don't have to be afraid of a like when I'm serving. Do you know who you are? When the enemy comes in your life and starts roaring, understand he has no teeth. That you serve the God who has the teeth of the lion. And so here is the children of Israel walking across Jordan and all their enemies have left. They're all in Jericho now. I ain't got to preach that to you because we know that the walls came down. But they're hiding. Verse 2, it says, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make sure I'm not circumcised again the children of Israel a second time. Somebody say, that hurts. It didn't mean they got circumcised twice. It just means he did the procedure twice. Catch that. And Joshua made sharp knives. I don't know why. He's, he's, he's telling us this so men can squirm. He wants us to know. He made sharp knives and circumcised the children at the hill of the foreskins. And this is why he did it. Because, uh, you know, all the males, even the men of war, they died in the wilderness. And they came out of Egypt. Now, all the people that came out were circumcised. But the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, that came out of Egypt, they had not been circumcised. Now, catch this, church. This is a this physical circumcision in the Old Testament was a sign of a spiritual circumcision in the New Testament. Woo! Let me just read real quick Ephesians chapter 2. Y'all can go over there, write it in your notes. I ain't gonna wait for you to get there. You take too long. Unless you got your phone, your iPad, your iPod. <laughs> Ephesians 2 10 through 16 says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he had before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far away are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who had made both one, broke down the middle wall partition between us, having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law, the command contained in ordinance for to make unto himself of two, one new man making peace. And that he might reconcile both God and one body by the cross, having slain the enemy thereby. This is a cutting away of the flesh. It is a, It represents a dying to the world and its lusts. Our hearts must be right before we ever enter into spiritual warfare. Catch this. You see, it didn't make sense. It would make more sense for them to attack now that the enemy was afraid and and, and worried about and worried. They, they, they should have attacked while they was running and scared. But God wanted the children to understand that he is Jehovah Gibor Mekaneth. 
Y'all better help me. I said, Jehovah, Gabor, Mikalef. That is the Lord mighty in battle. That's why Psalms 24, 28, 4, 24, verse 8 says, Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. That's Jehovah, Gabor. That he, see, this would be where God teaches the children to trust him and not trust by any outside means to win a spiritual battle. Unless your heart is circumcised to God, you cannot walk in the way he wants you to walk and win a war that he wants you to win. I'm preaching up in here. Somebody say you got to do it God's way. The reason why your heart must be separated to God when you're in spiritual warfare is because spiritual warfare doesn't make any physical sense. It doesn't make any sense how God gives his plan. I want to help myself right here. Don't worry about when your pastor gives direction that don't make sense. Because it doesn't have to make sense. It has to make God sense. Woo! And, and because God uses unorthodox method, methods to win, we will never understand. Oh, let me help you. You remember when Moses defeated Pharaoh, he did not do it by ordinary means. Uh, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Who's gonna get to the end of a Red Sea and God say, hold up a stick and walk through? Who, who's gonna send plagues of frogs and blood water down and tell him to go let my people go. Y'all not gonna say nothing. What about Gideon's army? It make no sense to take 3,000 men and chop it down to 300. Look in this room. We don't need a whole lot of people. It don't make no sense. Samson, one man with all the strength, defeated a whole Philistine army. It just doesn't make any sense. David and Goliath, how you gonna pick up a rock and sling it on a giant and cut him off, with, cut his head off with his own sword? It just doesn't make any sense. And not even to talk about the walls of Jericho. Who's gonna march around a wall and sit there and shout? and the walls come down it don't make no sense and let me help you it don't make no sense how you made it out of what you made it out of because it don't make no sense And so the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness. Verse 6. To all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed. Because they didn't obey the voice of the Lord. So he said, I'm not going to show you this land that flows with milk and honey. (laughs) Instead, he raised up their children. Who... See, we got to understand. It's going to be hard. We got to understand that some things got to die before you can move. Some things got to die before you can move. The old way of doing things had to die. Because 
you know, the camp, they, 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 they you know, you know how, <laughs> you know how the old people could do, right? You know, you know they, they, they rehash the old stories. So they're like, you know, I don't know who this Joshua boy is, you know, but I, I remember Moses. I remember what Moses used to do. We should do it the way Moses used to do it. And, and that's the way Moses did it. And that's why we should do it. And that's why God kept them walking around the wilderness for them 40 years until they all died because they didn't want to get with the new way of doing stuff because they were stuck. Y'all not going to say nothing. Y'all not going to say nothing. Now, 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 I know this is hard. This is hard. People don't want to talk about it. Be why? And I'm going to tell you why. Because some people, for some people, family loyalty is more important than God loyalty. Oh, my God. That day, right, right. That's why I tell you, my sister tell you, my mama tell you, your son don't come to church. Ah, uh, your brother don't come to church. Husband don't come to church. Ooh, you gotta separate, otherwise you can't do it. You got there gonna be some stuff that you're not gonna want to say because you're gonna be afraid of hurting people's feelings. Woo! You're not gonna say nothing, but people want or they want their own way, but rather than they want God's way. Now, it's not to say that what they did was wrong. It was the only thing they knew. But in order for a new level, in order for a new um, a new door to open, an old one got to be shut. Y'all not going to say nothing. You're not going to say nothing. The, the children couldn't possess until their parents died. They, they couldn't possess until God got rid Oh my God! And even after that, <laughs> even even after they got circumcised, watch this, because we miss it. He said they they circumcised their heart. They cut them again. They said, "Listen, you're gonna be set apart for God. We about to move into something new. You're gonna have to leave that in the past. We have already crossed Jericho. Red Sea is over. Don't bring them old stories. Don't oh, y'all not gonna say that. Don't bring them old. Don't bring that old news up into this new destiny. Y'all not gonna." say nothing and so he he cut him he cut him and wow the enemy is running scared because God ain't worried it's theirs he cut him but they still couldn't move until they were whole tap your neighbor say do you want to be made do you want to be made whole Do you just want peace of an anointing? Do you just want to look like you anointed? Do you want to just look like you blessed? Hair done, nails done, everything did except for your anointing. Look like you got it going on, but it's really off. Help me up in here. Yeah, I, I don't need no organ. I brought my own preach, preacher. I'm doing the best I can. Do you want to be made whole? I don't want church. When I got saved, I didn't say I want church. I didn't say I want a song. I didn't say I want to clap. I didn't say I want to shout. I didn't say I want to pass out. I said, I want to be made whole. And they couldn't get in until they were made whole because they were still mourning over what God was trying to cut away. 
And the problem with the church people is we got a generation that are afraid to be whole. Because if you're going to be whole, you can't look like the half. Help me up in here. I want to be whole. I'm tired of crying over stuff that's over. I'm tired of hating and acting all ugly because that's how they did it. I'm, I'm tired. I want to be whole. I'm, I'm tired of going back to the same stuff to try to fix what's broken when it ain't working. I want to, I want to be whole. I'm tired of putting myself in situations that I know I ain't got no business being because it ain't doing nothing but making me half when I want to be whole. That's why when you're whole, you can't get with a half. I'm trying to tell you, I didn't get married say, I'm half, you half. I had to be a hundred, she had to be a hundred. You better stop hooking up with people who are only 75%. You better ask them, don't ask them do they got a job. Don't ask them hey, where they work at. Don't ask them who their mother is, do they drive. Ask them, what percentage of you am I talking to? Because people will only show you 5% and the other 9 to 5 is crazy as that. y'all. I'm not going to say nothing. Real talk. And I'm going to say this. Oh, I'm going to say it. Say, preacher, be nice, be nice, be nice. That's why, you know what? I, that's why I'm free. I'm free. I used to get really, I used to go and cry, God, what is it that I have done when people walk out of the ministry? You ain't going to say nothing. But I, I said, wait a minute. God said, when I called you, you was 100%. They ain't take nothing from you. Oh, my God. They, they're just teaching you how to be more anointed, how to love people when they walk out the door on you, how to still bless people when they don't want nothing to do with you. You ain't gonna say nothing. So he says in verse 9, the Lord said to Joshua, this day I rolled away the reproach from off you in the name of that place called Gilgal to this day. The children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month, even in the plains of Jericho. Now, let me let me just take a moment here. Let me, I promise you we'll be out of here by four o'clock. Listen, here we go. There are at least two locations named Gilgal in the Bible. There was a Gilgal just west of Jordan River near Jericho. Brother, I need you to turn that fan on. I'm preaching harder than I'm sweating right now. I'm about I'm losing 25 pounds right now. Hallelujah. I feel my help, and I ain't even get to the punchline yet. Yeah, I'm going to be, whoo! He said, he said, there are two locations. There was a Gilgal just west of the Jordan River near Jericho. There was one near Bethel. And some scholars believe that there was a third place named Gilgal near, near Mount Zimmerat. We ain't going to talk about that because they still fight about that. But I just want to give you the meaning because some of you know the meaning. You heard this preach before, but maybe you didn't hear the full meaning. The meaning of the name Gilgal is, is rolling. Somebody say rolling. But it is also defined as the circle of stones. That's something you might not know because we, we, we know it to be the place where the, the reproach was rolled away. But, but we don't talk much about the circle of stones. 
Now, stones in the Bible represent mountains. Uh, somebody say circle of mountains. Now, watch this. This is what Gilgal was. Write this down. There's a point. Gilgal was a place of memorial. Write that down. A place of memorial. It's significant in the Bible as serving a place, a memorial for the Israelites to remind them of what God had done. So when you see Gilgal in the Bible, it's a, it's a place of memorial. See, when you ride through the city and you see places that you know God saved you, where you know I could have lost my life. See, now every time I ride down Dixwell Avenue and I pass Hamden High, that is a Gilgal. When I go by places and I know I used to smoke crack in that house, that's a Gilgal. When I go down Elm Street and I go down, that's a Gilgal. That's a place, a memorial. That's a place that I know that God has brought me out of. Some of you guys, hey, y'all better help me up in here. So next time you see something, you a place that reminds you, say, oh, God is so good. Remember, that is your Gilgal. Hmm. But it's also a place of consecration and change. It was at Gilgal that the Israelites were said they celebrated their first Passover in the promised land. The children who wandered in, they, right, we're talking about that, but it's a, a place of consecration and change. Somebody say consecration and change. So when you look at your, at your Gilgal, you understand, wait a minute, that is a place of consecration and change. Now, I know you're saying to yourself, why would you want to consecrate in a crack house? Because, see, the thing that the problem with people is that they don't understand that in your struggle is where your consecration comes. <laughs> when, when you are in your pit, that is your consecration place. Because in a pit, you ain't got nothing else to do but consecrate. <laughs> I better help, help me up in here. That is the place where change comes. Because change only comes when you realize you need to change. <laughs> see, see you, you have to be in a place where you understand that a change is necessary. So when they got to Gilgal, they were consecrating themselves from the place that God had delivered them. And there was a change about to happen. They said, I want something new. Somebody said, I want something new. It was also a place of worship. It is a place where sacrifices were made to the Lord. Because later you'll see that he tells them to go back. And the stones that they had set up, they were, they were making sacrifices to them stones. Uh, see, this is why, this is where purpose gets birth. Because when God delivers you from something, he also, he doesn't just pull you out of something without impregnating you with a burden for what he pulled you out of. I just said a whole lot. I just said a whole lot. See, when you get caught up in something, in a, a, a cocoon of something, and all you see, it is as a struggle, but it is a place of change. It is a place of consecration. It is a place of birth of a new purpose. Let me go ahead and make it make sense to you. Do you know that the butterfly, when the butterfly, the caterpillar, is wrapped up in the cocoon, that inside the cocoon, he is being consecrated and he is changing. He is moving from one state to the next. But while he is in that cocoon, he is knocking his wings up against the cocoon. That knocking against the, the, the cocoon is strengthening his wings so that when it breaks, he is able to fly. If he doesn't strengthen his wings, oh, y'all missed it. He doesn't strengthen his wings outside of the cocoon. He strengthens his wings while he's in the cocoon so that when he comes out of the cocoon, he can fly higher and he no longer looks like what he's been. Y'all help me up in here. 
But it is also a place of judgment. It is where at Gilgal, where um, Samuel had rebuked Saul and prophesied that he would lose a kingdom. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 through 14. At Gilgal is the place where the prophet spoke to the leader and told him there's going to be a changing of the guard. <laughs> Somebody say judgment, which makes it a place of the prophets. It is at Gilgal where you get prophecy. All that in Gilgal. It was a significant place that reminded them of their heritage. A place of worship. It was a place where he said, I rolled away the shame. I rolled away the guilt. I rolled away the condemnation. It is a place of change. Somebody say, I've been changed. If you've been play, if you know have a Gilgal, the reason why you don't understand, you gotta understand your Gilgal because it is at Gilgal where people can't bring up your past. It is at Gilgal where people can't bring up what you did. Ooh, and if you do something that's out of place, you just go back to your go back to your Gilgal and say it's rolled away. Some people can't handle the fact that it's been rolled away. That the shame and the guilt and the frustration and the pain of what you've been through has been rolled away. See, because you are so dedicated and so committed to your crisis that you don't know how to let stuff just roll But I love it because it said it's, it's a rolling away but it's a place of circles circle of stones and what God told me to tell you about this circle of stones he said not only did I roll away the shame yeah. Woo! Yeah. but this is the place where I break the cycle the circle of stones, the walking around the same stuff every year. Oh my God, I should have preached this on New Year's, but somebody say it's broken. Somebody say the cycle is broken. The cycle of anger, the cycle of depression, the cycle of oh my God, it's broken. The cycle of not coming to church, the cycle of not praying, the cycle of not praising, the cycle it is broken. It is a place where the cycle is broken. Come on now. now let me close. After he did that, he said, they all ate of the old corn on that morrow after the Passover. Unleavened cakes, parched corn, same day, and the manna ceased. After they eaten the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Cana that year. There's some things going on here that we need to understand as I close this message. The first thing they did was they ate the old corn. After the Passover. They had Gilgal, which was a roll on way, and then they had Passover, which is a passing over. No more shame. Death can't touch them. 
No more shame and death can't touch them. And they are standing in their promise. They're standing in their promise with no more shame and death can't touch them. You know you are in your promise. You cannot bring the pain of yesterday into your promise. And you need to be secure enough in your promise to know that no weapon formed against you can prosper. So I'm in my promise and death can't touch me. That means you're going to see what God said. Hello. But they ate old corn in their promise. In Leviticus chapter 23, verses 9 and 10, this is prophetic. He told Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Say to them, when you come into the land which I give you, you shall reap a harvest thereof. And you shall bring a sheave of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priests. He told them when they walk into their promise, there was going to be a harvest. But this was the corn that was left in the storehouse when the enemy fled to Jericho. They were so scared that they left all the food. They left all the provision. <laughs> that's, that's why God says, I'm going to give you houses that you didn't build. And <laughs> The enemy is in your blessing. He's been there all the time. But once you receive Christ, you don't even understand that you walked over Jericho. You walked over the Jordan. When you, when you said, Lord, come into my life, it was a crossing of the water into your Cana. Woo! Help me up in here. And you've been standing in your promise, people of God, looking at other people walk around in your blessing. And you've been scared to speak what God already ordained and said was yours. See, he didn't just, they had to fight while they were in their promise. He had to drive out the people that were in their promise, but they were in the promise too. Somebody say, oh my goodness. So they're eating old corn. They're eating leftovers. But why they eat leftovers? The manna ceased. The leftover blessing stopped. Heaven's welfare system came to an end. No more stimmy. When you get in your promise, you don't need to check. I didn't say you wasn't going to spend it. I just said you don't need it. Oh, my God. People of God, stop crying when the welfare ends. Somebody say, when you're in your promise, you don't need a handout. When you're in your
your promise. You don't need old furniture. I'm going to get on your nerves this morning, but I'm about to get rid of a spirit so that the next spirit can come in. This is a season of wealthiness. This is a season where you stop being, I think it's this mic, I don't know what it is, but this is a season where the welfare system stops and you become the welfare system. Help me up in here. Where, where you become the resource. Where they come for help. Woo! Somebody say wealthy. The manna cease. Manna, what is it? What is it? Didn't even know what it was. But they kept eating it. Sometimes you got to eat and you don't know what it is. But you got to be thankful for whatever it is. Help me up in here. Do I got any people that can witness that God has sent manna? You got to be thankful for manna. You got to be thankful when you know you ain't got nothing in the cupboard, but God puts a... You're able to feed your family and your neighbor family, and you ain't even got... You know to give God praise for manna, but it's not that you're not grateful for the manna, but the next level of your promise is, God, I don't need the manna. I, I, I don't... I am the manna. That's, that's, that was manifested when we went and served on, on Christmas. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm trying to, oh my God, oh my God. Witness, when we went in and we, we, we were the manna, when we gave them, they was like, what is it? <laughs> yep. And when they figured out what it was, they gave God praise for the what is it. Woo! The man has ceased. Leftover blessings stop. But let me close. Y'all ready? I'm, somebody say this is your season for fruit. This is your. Wait a minute. Where are my grapes at? Can I have my grapes? Great break. Great break. break. Lord have mercy. Swigging my water and it's frozen. These are the cotton candy crash. Oh my God. If you ain't never had no cotton candy grapes, ain't nothing like these cotton candy grapes. They expensive though. Hey, fire. You get a little container, make you want to fight over these children. These them. All right, let me help you. They said that year, they ate of their promise. Somebody say it's my fruit season. See, I didn't make the fruit. God made the fruit. But it's my fruit. I know how sweet the fruit is. It's bringing joy to my taste buds right now. My tongue is shouting right now. Well, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, no longer will I be an OPE. 
looking at other people's blessings. This year, you're going to eat your own fruit. You ain't going to need leftover blessings. <laughs> you ain't going to need welfare. You, matter of fact, when they did get the fruit, you remember what it said? It was too big for them to carry. <laughs> it was too big for them to eat alone. Let me go ahead and share. God is about to blow your mind this year if you just understand who you are and the promise that you are in. That you ain't got to look at other people driving around in your blessing. That you ain't got to look around and see people living in your blessing. That you ain't going to see people walking around and be, the Bible says, be envious not of evildoers. You ain't going to say nothing. Fret not of evildoers. God said, I got a blessing for you that will blow your mind. All you got to do is be courageous and of good courage. Follow what God is saying, and God said, I'll bring you into your Cana where you ain't got to look at this year. He said, That year they ate the fruit of their land. 2022 is the year I'm going to eat all my fruit. You could be mad, sit there, but I'm going to praise God for. Anybody ready for some fruit? Take, taste one of them. Taste, taste one of them. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You want one too, don't you? You do? You don't want one? See, you have not because you ask not. But sometimes... Yeah, that's see, see this, this the year, this the year where somebody say she just preached it. So, see, she get all the rest because she said, "Give me, give me my." You got to be willing to say, "God, give me what's mine." Then it tastes good. God's going to put somebody in your life that got fruit so big, they just going to start sharing fruit, and it's going to be enough for you and your household. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but God said, I got some fruit in store that is so good, better than... And what I got for you is healthy. What I got for you is healthy. It's sweet and healthy. A land flowing with milk and honey. I'm done. I'm done. I can't preach no more. I can't. I don't know. I, I, I hope I help somebody. I know I help myself because I'm so sick and tired of looking and seeing that I could pray and bless others. And I know there's people who ain't thinking about God the way we worshiping God and what the, the stuff that we got to go through. But God said, don't worry about it because weeping may endure for a night, but it's my morning. 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 The clock just kicked. It's my morning. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to shout about it. I'm going to share it. I'm going to flaunt it. If you don't like it, too bad for you. Look at my fruit. I'll squeeze it. I'll drink.
speak it. I live in it. I walk in it. Glory. Now, before we close, you can't get no fruit if you're not connected to the vine. You got to be connected to the true vine. Not that vine you made up. And if you're not connected, that's why you ain't got no fruit. But if you're connected to the true vine, sometimes you'll cut back so more fruit can grow. So if that's you, I want to invite you to get hooked up, get grafted into the true vine. I'm telling you, if the word of God is not challenging you, you are not growing. If everything, if, if every place you go is telling you your nonsense is correct, you are not in the right place. You have to be in. When I read this word, it challenges me. So I have to challenge you. It's got to challenge you. You're not going to be comfortable. But I pray that you make a commitment. Say this prayer, Father. I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus Christ died and rose for my sins. I ask him to come into my heart and live his life in me. Connect me to the true vine. Let my life be fruitful for you. Cancel out anything that's been growing in my life that's not like you. And take rule and reign in my life. If you said that prayer, you are new. And your fruit is new too. And we thank God for you. You can go ahead and write. You can chat in the Zoom. You can post on Facebook. Let us know that you made a decision. Get in the Bible, believing and teaching church. Your church ain't got to have the best choir. The church ain't got to have people shouting and falling out. You ain't got to have the bishop wearing everything in the world. You ain't got to. But you have to have the true word of God. In Jesus' name. Father, we bless you and we thank you. Thank you for this new season. Thank you for blessing us and speaking to us. We hide this word in our heart as we share it with others. In Jesus' name, grace and peace.